127 on the mic exists simply as an extension of our college ministry 127 at FBC Bryan. Our prayer is that this podcast be used in accordance with you belonging and investing into a local body. We hope that this resource is growing in relationship with and understanding of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Yo, 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 what it do? Podcast crew. Trying to light that board on fire. You're not allowed to play with fire anymore. (laughs) Yeah, no, I need to put that down. It was a drumstick for a minute. <laughs> yep, and then it turned into, uh, I don't know why, the intrusive thought carried over, and uh, I saw paper, and I had a flame. Yeah, that's that a Bible, though. the Bible. <laughs> hey, I've seen so many things, um, this is a long time ago, but when, tragically, a house burns down, somehow the only thing left standing is a Bible. Yeah, I see So, that technically, if I were to try and attempt to light it on fire, it shouldn't catch on fire. <laughs> I think that that really speaks to two things, <laughs> either God protecting it mm-hmm. or that leather doesn't burn that easily. Well, I mean, there's paper in the leather. There's in paper be- in the leather? In between the leather. I, I know, but there's no air in between it. And so it's not going to go anywhere. And also leather just doesn't catch on fire. But the other books that have like paperback or even hardback, that's just like hard little, paper. Little, little place plastic. Yeah, that just that burns right through that thing. But leather. I have water damaged three Bibles and I'm like scared to get water near my Bible now. Yeah. What is left it in the hammock outside and it started to rain. Oh that's sad. That was one. What were the other two? Um both Spillage. from spilled water bottles. Yeah. One just like leaked in my backpack and all over in my oh. backpack. And then one just literally like on the floor, tipped over right in the middle of What's the what's the longest duration that you've had a Bible and like it's been your main your main driver? Like, like one Bible about four years, honestly. Four years? Okay. What about you? Um, I had one in seventh grade that I used all the way through my second youth pastor job. So that would have been in 2007. Um, so that's a long time. Uh, 15, 16 years. Oh, wow. I still have all my old I mean, and it's in so. pieces now. Yeah. A lot of yeah. duct tape. Yeah. <laughs> I started to use that tape. It's sitting in my office. You want to look at it? Really? <laughs> this thing right here. And it, it got water damage, so it got bigger. It swelled oh, up a little yeah. Bit. It got like the crunchy pages. Yep. Yeah. That's good stuff. I just kept, kept going. That's good stuff. How are you doing today, Bailey? <laughs> Feeling I'm, good? I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. I drank my Celsius too late last night. Accidentally stayed up way past my own bedtime. Oh, what's so your bedtime? Yeah. First, 11. what's your bedtime? Okay. You have a bed. That's weird to even have a bedtime. But yeah. okay. Then how late did you stay up? Till uh, two or a little after. Oh, okay, I was gonna say like eleven thirty or <laughs> two. That was pretty late. That is pretty late. Yeah. How late were you up, John? I'm trying to just find a point to transition. So I don't. Good luck. Um, yeah, uh, this, is, this is good. What was yes? Yesterday was Wednesday. Wednesday. It's a blur. We. Uh, Pastor Jim's gate broke at his house. Oh, so, that's so a big deal. I can't. I couldn't fix it because I didn't have the key to get into the electronic box. But I. Uh, went out there to undo the lock and close it because it's hydraulic driven to give the appearance that it was closed. Okay. (laughs) So people just wouldn't break in, Um, which I don't think that really stops people from breaking in because it's not really that. 
that effect. That's, you can that's just intimidating. Step, you can step right over it. It's not not that big of a deal. You just can't drive in there. Uh, so if you're going to steal stuff from his house, you have to carry you it all the way down his driveway. Um, and then I went and got tacos, a taco truck. Ooh, we got taco trucks here. There's like five. Where? Mm-hmm. So there's a there's a really good one at the corner of Texas and Harvey Mitchell. It's on the way to my house. If I go the the slightly slower way, but it's the way that the tacos are, okay. and so I go taco the way. taco way. And it has really really great street tacos. They're the smaller ones on the corn tortillas. Mm. They're fun. They're two dollars a piece. You can kill those. And they started serving elotes, which I just oh yes. It's it's good for me. It's yeah. good for all of me. Um, <laughs> I, I just love it. <laughs> it's good for my mental health and oh, my physical ah, health. And it's good for it's good for all of that. Oh, it just makes me feel good. Okay, and they yeah. don't speak and they don't speak English, and so you you can practice your Spanish. That's thankfully taco is a Spanish word, and it means taco. But there's also like really? elotes is a Spanish word, and when you order, you're ordering in Spanish. So there's that one. There's one actually on Deacon that I can go by to in my house. It's at the car wash behind Wings and More. It's okay. really good. And they have quesadillas like $8 and they oh, kill it. That's gas. There's one gas. at the corner of Six and uh, Harvey across from the Chewies, across from the mall. Chewies? At, at that gas station. That's also really good. So all of those things. What are you laughing <laughs> at? <laughs> The way you said cheese. Cheese. <laughs> Are you bothered by cheese? Cheese. <laughs> I think we broke she her. She don't got the giggles. Oh gosh. All right. That the thing you did earlier didn't make her laugh that much. Yeah. <laughs> that surprising. Okay. Do you mean in the warm up? <laughs> that was good. That one gets me. Well, but you, you say cheese, she lose her mind. You hinted at this earlier. Uh, mental health—that's that's the topic for today. Uh, we're gonna lock in our mental health, and and we're gonna we're gonna knock this episode out. It's gonna be awesome. What I said, possibly. Oh, possibly. Yeah, maybe not. Yeah, we'll see. Um, so before we jump to the main question of of why is mental health important, I think we oh that sounded funky. Um, we need to kind of frame uh, what we're talking about. Um, but even before that, uh, so the before, before, um, this is going to turn into, um, I'm not going to, I'm not going to name it on Spotify into a mini series, but any sort of topic that we talk about mental health, Bailey is going to join us. Maybe Caleb sometimes we'll be all four in here. We'll see. Um, and we're going to go through just different mental health topics and, um, things that probably our students are walking through, um, things that, um, we just see, um, around us. And so, uh, this is going to turn into a mini series that'll come your way every now and again. Um, we'll see the frequency at which they, they pop out, but uh, we're excited for that. Um, and also just a disclaimer, this is not an exhaustive, um, podcast for all things mental health. Um, but it's simply just us um, diving into scripture and seeing what um, the Lord has said and proclaimed about um, things that we walk through um, and how to walk about them in a godly way. So with that out of the way, um, what are we talking about when we talk about mental health? What does that even really mean? Mental health. <laughs> you, you gave me the, the underhanded, please. Little, little pass. I, we just bring in kind of the medical side of it, even from the CDC uh, I was looking at that, thinking about it. It includes emotional, psychological, social well-being, affects how you think, feel, and act. And uh, I think those are important. Like to even, they, I think they did a good job there. Of it affects how we think, feel, and act. Mm. Determines how we handle stress, relate to others, and make healthy choices. Important at every stage of life, from childhood through 
uh, adolescence through adulthood. And then they add this disclaimer in there that that is important for us because mental mental and physical health are equally important components to your overall health. Depression increases the risk for many types of physical health problems, particularly long-lasting conditions like diabetes, heart disease, stroke, um, and the presence of chronic conditions. Can can it works backwards? The presence of chronic conditions increases the likelihood of some sort of mental illness. And so, for your your function. Um, when you think about your mental health affecting how you think, feel, and act and understanding that your life as a Christ follower, mm. the reflection of Jesus is wrapped up in how you think, feel, and act. Yeah. It's pretty important. Yeah. That's good. Really good. <laughs> Thanks, Billy. Um, so that, that transitions really well into, um, I think just the overarching question that we have today. Um, and that is why, why is mental health so important, especially when we're talking about believers, um, and those who are chasing after Jesus, like why, why is this a topic that we should talk about? What you got? <laughs> the, first, the first thing that comes to my mind is that, um, we're called to like have a clear mind and a lot of time, like in scripture, um, and a lot of time, like when, wrestling with mental illness and things like that in the mind. Um, it can be hard to like get past that hurdle of, um, just staying focused on what is true and those things. So it's just important to talk about, um, like among believers for goals and resources to keep our minds fixed on things mm. above. Yeah. That's good. Why is it important? Because it's real. Uh, I, I, uh, I don't necessarily trust all of the statistics that you get to read about this, but I think that they're probably close. The CDC it says that the number is now one in five mm. uh, that struggle with that struggle with mental health. Their COVID things have have messed that up a little bit. Um, I read a different article that was that one in five U.S. adults have experiences with mental health, and so I think that it that's probably the proper way to say that statistic and that you either know somebody you're around mm -hmm. somebody you're interacting with somebody then they push it to one in 20 u.s adults will admit to suffering from a mental illness and 19 percent of u.s adults uh that includes anxiety disorders depression stuff like that when when you look at that you you just have to speak to the realness of things mm -hmm. and something i think the church has probably failed at pretty often is we don't deal with uh, what's a good way to put that? Um, difficult things. Like we don't deal with the, the ones that maybe we don't have clear answers to. It, it is really hard for me to stand up in front of people and preach a message that is going to be directed at mental health and, and be prescriptive in how mm -hmm. to find freedom from that, because it's a really complicated thing. Cause it, it can be, um, stress, it can be anxiety driven and, and we can point towards versus towards that. It, it can also be chemically driven. It mm -hmm. can be abuse driven from either something that's happened to you or something that you are now doing to your body. There's a lot of different avenues that this comes about, but it's important to talk about because it's real yeah. um, and it's more real than what we realize. Yeah. It's a weird way to say that sentence. Real than we realize. Yeah, it's good. It's, it's more real than what we probably understand or point to, and so it's it's worth the conversation. Yeah, and, and I'm thankful that um, God's word that has been preserved for so long um, addresses um, so many of these topics and so many of these questions that people have, um, and 
I mean, just thinking about that, it was it was written so long ago and is yet so applicable even today, mm-hmm. um, I think speaks to God's uh, supremacy um, and the ways in which he communicates to his people. And it's not just 2000 years ago, but he's still communicating to his his children today. Um, and so with that, what are what are some things that um, God has spoken through his word about the topic of mental health? We can go a lot of different directions here. So. Turning the page, I like it. Flipping. I like it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pause and just wait. See what you're gonna do. Get a rubber baby Let well, we'll go this even as as she's exploring this. Because here's my thought on that. When we talk about the realness of this, we we also have to address this stigma that has been put on the church mm-hmm. and probably been spoken out loud from pulpits that if you're a faithful follower of Christ, this is not going to be your struggle. Mm. That if yeah. um, if you're passionately following Jesus um, and you're loving him and he's loving you, then mental health is not going to be your issue, which is a terrible card to play yeah. because yeah. we can point to a lot of spaces that... Uh, is scripture that God has allowed physical and or mental place uh, issues to happen for some reason. Mm. Um, I'm going to trust that it's always for good, but for some reason. And so, so we want to, we want to put that on the table to understand that, that those of you that listen to this, that have found shame in a mental health struggle that you've walked in or that your family walks in, this is not, it doesn't belittle uh, your, Christianity. Mm-hmm. It doesn't lower you down on whatever imaginary scale we've invented on how godly you are. Yeah. None of those things are true uh, for us. And so put that out there as we, as we kind of contend with this, but yeah, what, what is it? Mental health pushing us towards ready to go. Cause Bailey's now in a spot. Well, um, I think the most we see it the most when it talks about like anxiety, I think is, mm-hmm. um, and anxiety is one of the more common words when, in regards to mental health that's stated in the Bible. Sure. And so in First Peter 5, 7, like casting all your anxieties on him because he cares about you um, is often quoted and um, used a lot. But just seeing examples, knowing um, that scripture does address anxiety. It talks a lot about um, in opposition, the... Um, peace and comfort we can gain from Christ. Um, And so going in that direction, just like all over scripture, um, the peace that rules in our hearts when we have Christ. um, I don't know. Do you have like a specific, John, that way? Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, First Peter is a great place to to land there um, because I I would guess not a... (laughs) not an educated uh, thought, but, but what we, what we deal with most in counseling situations and people that are struggling with some sort of mental disorder, anxiety is the one that's that yeah. rises to the top. And then you can also assume because the, the, the Bible is a living book and Zach already pointed to this, that it's going to be something that it points to. And so first Peter five Philippians four, yeah. um, it gives a prescriptive thing. I mean, it's about anything, but in, but in every situation of prayer and petition, it gives us a not a way out, but it it gives you some directives there. And so that struggle with anxiety, which I would also kind of lump fear uh, Mm -hmm. into that, uh, which may not always be described as a mental disorder, but there are people that struggle with some aspects of fear that lead to to hyper anxiety. 
those, those are good ones. I think the Bible turns the corner and talks about depression. One of the most quoted outside of John three sixteen would be Psalm 23, though mm-hmm. I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Like if that's not a descriptor of depression yeah. And, yeah. and something that David was walking through, uh, that's really, really important for us to, to hold on to. I think even um, you can put in, when we talk about mental disorders, and I mentioned things that you do to yourself, and so that would be alcoholism drives mental disorders, yeah. um, addictions drive that, eating disorders uh, get into that kind of space that are all mental what you have thought about self and it's driving you to action. I think scripture even talks about some of those aspects of it too. Your bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit. Um, we are made in God's image. Those kind of things that scripture continually points to a, uh, what's a good way to put that? It pushes us to think the ways that God thinks about us. Hmm. It, it pushes us to think about the purpose that God created us for. Yeah. And that be, that begins to, I don't like the term rewire, but it just begins to affect the way that we think about mm-hmm. us and our situations. Yeah. Um, also, a lot of times depression and anxiety, like we've talked about them being different, but depression more goes along with the feeling of like hopelessness or sadness versus anxiety, which is like feelings of nervousness or worry. Um And so looking at the difference, like in scripture, when it's talking about, um, more on the depression side of things, anytime someone is like, um, no longer wanting to live. And that's like talked about a couple of times, people who, um, were hopeless to the point of not wanting to live. Mm. Um, that is when we can see in scripture, it being addressed, uh, like depression being more addressed. Yeah, that's really good. And, and I, I want to say this, there's not a single thing that you may be walking through that Christ doesn't know about. Um, even before the creation of the world, he knew when he died on the cross that you were going to struggle and struggle is a strong word, but walk through uh, the things that you're walking through. And I love uh, the example that Christ sets. Um, it's a, a big passage that I think a lot of us can cling to. Matthew 11, uh, starting in 28, um, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden. I'll give you rest. Um, take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I'm gentle and lowly in heart. Like that's the example that Christ said. He's gentle and lowly in heart. Okay. Um, and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Um, and I, I just love the picture of, of this yoke that, um, Christ is, um, this, this example Um, And this is not his ultimate quality, but he set an example for us um, that we get to follow and we get to walk in. Um, That example is that he's gentle and he's lowly in heart. Mm. He wants us to bring these things that we're walking through to him. Um, He's not asking you to clean yourself up and, and walk into his presence, but to bring it all to him. And we talked about that in first Peter. We talked about that in Philippians four. Um, but he wants all of it because he's the only one that can change the things that you're thinking and the things that you're feeling, um, for a lasting impact. Um, Mm. I think for, for a momentary time, we can refine the ways that we're thinking and the ways that we're feeling for a momentary time, whether that be alcohol, whether that be, um, meditation with, without this idea of prayer, but just like mindfulness. Um, like these are short term fixes that Christ came to fulfill and to, um, accomplish on the cross that he wants you to come to him. Um, and he wants you to cast these things onto him because he's the only one that can, that can provide a way out. So that's, that's so good. It reminds me of Jesus's interaction with Mary and Martha. Mm. And so he, he goes to the house and, and there they are. Mary takes a seat at Jesus's feet and is listening to him teach. And Martha is 
working, is distracted mm-hmm. by the tasks of the house. There are guests here. We need to we need to make sure that they're well well cared for. And goes to Jesus and says, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Mm-hmm. And and so she's like, Hey, pay attention to what I'm doing and and says to Jesus, Hey, tell her to give me a hand. Yeah. Tell tell her to help with this burden that I'm carrying. And Jesus turns around and says, Martha, that, there's a song that comes to my head every time I say this, um, that Caleb Carruth sang. It's just a really good song. I'm not going to sing it, but, uh, sing it. yeah, the, the Lord, <laughs> Lord says basically like Martha, lay it down. She's like, Hey, Martha, you're worried about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mm. And Mary has, and I think in the ESV, it says you're anxious about many things that uh, Mary has made the right choice and that choice will not be taken away from her. Mm. And so what, what he's saying is that Mary's building up something that you're not doing. Mary is, is getting to a space that your current habit or your current work is not going to get you to. And, and so Jesus is going, Hey, a lot of our anxious depression, those type things that are anxiety, depression, those things that are rising up in us, of course, are self driven. They are view driven. They are environment driven. There's, there's a lot of things that we put ourselves into that drive that, and, and his response, if we're going to trust this, Jesus's response to that is sit at my feet mm-hmm. and store up something that is the counter to what you're struggling with. Mm. That is like, I, I love the thought of that. Yeah. And I have to put this caveat in there that for, for a lot of people, they're going to go, I do that. Mm. And I still have yeah. this that pushes us into another space. Mm. Well, talking about just kind of like sitting at his feet too, being still, um, reading about it beforehand, I can't help but go back to the story of Elijah and, and Elijah in the Old Testament. Um, when um, I, it's hard not to just read the whole thing, um, <laughs> but Elijah became afraid for his life as people were coming to kill him, and immediately he ran. And when he came to Beersheba, he He belonged to Judah. He left his servant there, but he went on a day's journey into the wilderness. He sat down under a tree and he prayed that he might die. Mm -hmm. He said, I've had enough, Lord, take my life for I'm no better than my father's. And he lay down and slept under the broom tree. Suddenly an angel touched him, the angel of the Lord. The angel told him, get up and eat. Then he looked and there at his head was a loaf of bread. Um, Anyways, the whole story goes on to say a lot, but um, he fled. He went alone. He wanted to die. Um, and in that moment, the angel met him there and provided for his physical needs, um, and took care of giving him food to eat. Um, so he, he ate and he drank and he slept, um, and was able to rest in that way. And then ultimately he has an encounter with the Lord and the Lord takes him out to look out at, at creation and a gust of wind comes and an earthquake comes and, um, the, and a fire comes, the Lord wasn't in any of those. But then after the fire, there was a voice, a soft whisper. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood at the entrance to the cave. Suddenly a voice came to him and said, um, what are you doing here? Anyways, I got a little lost, but, um, in that whisper, like that was the Lord. And so not all the other big things, but like ultimately the Lord, um, was there in the whisper. And so talking about like running to other things, like trying Martha, trying to make the house, um, 
clean. Like a lot of times there's noise and just mm-hmm. other activities to do. Um, or we seek out alcohol or things like that. But yeah. ultimately, um, the Lord was in the whisper and it's good. Yeah. I, it brings up a really good question. Um, and I think this thought ties into there, um, for those people who, um, have, um, been seeking the voice of God and, and laying these things at his feet. And I can probably get us started here, but you'll probably have some deeper thoughts as far as the people that have been doing these things, the people that have, um, come before God and, and offered their anxieties and their depressions and the things that they're carrying, these burdens that they're carrying, and they've set them before God's feet. Um, and yet they're still walking through, um, sometimes the same struggles. Um, maybe it's, it's a different struggle, but, but a lot of times it's the same one. And I think the two things that um, I cling to, um, for an answer, which is again, not exhaustive, but, um, the first one is that God is going to use your experiences. And I always, I try to function in a way that as uh, Matthew 28, great commission driven, that God's going to use these experiences to minister to other people. Um, and God is going to use your testimony to speak life into, into other people who are believers or, um, in, in some really sweet cases that aren't believers. Um, and the other thing is, is just the promise of the other side of eternity. And I, uh, I found this quote for, uh, a youth, uh, question night, but, um, earth is the closest that a non-Christian will ever get to heaven, but earth is also the closest a believing Christian will ever get to hell. Um, and so we're sitting in the spot of just brokenness and evil, but before Christ returns and restores all of this, uh, back to the state of the garden. Um, and, um, I think that's a, a promise that we should continue to remind ourselves of that one, we've been set free from the bondage of sin, but also that our destination doesn't lie here. Um, when we're, when we're battling and we're struggling and we're striving, um, with these things that again, we're continually laying it at, at Jesus's feet, but we're still walking through them. So, but I don't know if you guys have any other thoughts as far as an answer to those people that, um, are still walking through those things when bringing them to Jesus. Give me, the, give me the eye again. Sure. I thought you were going to talk a second ago. Go ahead. But I, You're okay. good. Um, I like to follow. Well, I was even going to mention this just right before. I feel like by, I asked Zach to be on podcasts related to mental health, not because I really feel like I have many answers to a lot of it, um, but because it's very important in my own life as someone who's walking through um, it every single day. <laughs> um mm quote it because just been a variety of things that have played out throughout my life in regards to mental illness. Um, and in a conversation the other day, someone was asking me about like, Oh, when I first remember that starting in my life and I can't pinpoint it because it's been, um, a wrestle since before, as long as I've known, um, and, and clinically diagnosed in eighth grade, um, And it's been just a slow journey in my own life and testimony, but I love getting to be a part of conversations about it because um, I have like gotten to see freedom in so much of it and um, and then just a steady walking with the Lord in it um, so that when there's moments that doesn't feel like there's full and complete freedom, I'm still running back to the Lord into scripture, into prayer, into community and all these things. And so I think it's been, and as is in a lot of people's life, it's a very slow, um, learning process. Mm. Um, but I kind of forgot your original question, but 
That's good. Just getting That's a good to, thought. I wanted to share like my own, yeah. why I want to be a part of conversations like this is because I'm pretty quick to be open about the reality of it in my own life. Mm. Yeah. And I think what Bailey just did uh, unintentionally, intentionally um, helps us get to this space because when we recognize that it's real, not only for the individual, but for the church. So as leaders in the church and as uh, people that a lot of people may be listening to this and like, Hey, it's not a struggle of mine, but your awareness of that is going to help mm. uh, with other people. And Bailey's awareness of it early on and continued through her life is, is a vital part of that. Um, that's, that's bringing dark things into light spaces mm. where they, where they can no longer contend. It doesn't mean that in that, that she has found instant freedom. It doesn't mean that it instantly died, that there was an awareness that, uh, that it's happening. And then that pushes you to, um, to a belief that this realness is something that I'm going to struggle with, but also something that God has, that God is, it, and by has, not that God has mental illness, but that God has me mm-hmm. in this space. And so I'm not walking alone in that. And the, the, challenge, the challenge for that, for me, when you look even at the biblical examples of that, what happens to Elijah in 1 Kings 19 follows what happens... I argue for myself is the greatest story in the Bible in first Kings 18. There's so much in that story. You just go and read there's humor. I mean, he straight makes fun of their gods. They wipe all of them off of the planet. And, and this is a guy who, who in 194 was like, I just want to die. Who is the mighty prophet hmm. who is like, everything sets up so well for this dude and stops the rain for three years, who battles all of these guys on the mountain, who shows or allows God to show um, his power through him in unbelievable ways, and then steps into that. And so you have to recognize from these spaces and other, like Paul, I mean, Paul does the same thing. And, and it can pretty easily be argued a lot of times that Paul's thorn in the flesh could have been some sort of mental illness that he was struggling with. And so, because he was a little, I mean, he was kind of suicidal all throughout the Philippians, yeah. if you look at it. Yeah. And, and so just the things that he was saying. And so you have to come to the, the conclusion that your mental health is not the result of your self-esteem mm. or your mental health is not the result of how good or bad you are at something. These are giants yeah. of Elijah who I'm going to put, I mean, he's in the hall of faith and I'm going to put him up there on just like the big pedestal Old Testament as my guy, and then Paul, who nobody's going to argue against. And so if, if your self-esteem and building your self-esteem is going to be the root of your mental health, we have biblical examples and worldly examples of yeah. that not being the case. I mean, Robin Williams, one of this just like saddest stories mm-hmm. of a guy who we watch him in movies. Now we go, this dude was amazing. Yeah. And, and people were probably telling him that, and he had the accolades, accolades to prove it, but it wasn't that. Mm. And so when, when we think about what's the root cause of mental health, if it's not um, your self-esteem, then what is going to be the thing that leads to healthy mental health? Mm-hmm. And for the church, we have to always continually push up to the top, what Bailey was fixing to say probably out loud, um, just a clear view of God. Mm-hmm. And these ideas that for some strange reason, the author and the perfecter of not only the world, but our faith didn't make a mistake in making you Ephesians 2.10 has 
cares for you more than anything else for some strange reason. Um, that's Matthew six. I mean, look at the birds. He does that. Does he not care for you mm -hmm. even more? So if he didn't make a mistake and he cares for you, then there's purpose in the stuff that you're walking through. But a lot of times we shift from a clear view of him to something else that affects that, that mental health and those thoughts. And so we have to begin to push down that idea of self-esteem being the, mm -hmm. the anti negative mental health thing. Yeah. It's good. Bailey's looking at her Bible. I don't want to jump ahead. Undercut. No, she's giving me head Still nods and stuff. No, I like it. Just keep thinking. We, if you, if you want to think out loud, if you want to jump back, interrupt me. Okay. okay. Um, it's interesting that you bring up Old Testament and New Testament stories and examples of, of mental health. And I'm only almost 22 years old. Um, but uh, I think I've, I've seen statistics. And again, I don't know how reliable these are, but of almost just this increase in in mental health um, battles and struggles. And um, I don't know. I, th I think it's just an amplified issue. And I don't know if it's just our media today. Um, and you all may disagree. You may think it's the same, has the same prevalence as it, as it used to, but, um, do y'all think it's more prevalent? Do you think it's around the same? Do you think it's less prevalent nowadays? And, and why do you think that is? Um, and not just to, to put it out loud, um, of answering why it is, but maybe oriented in a way that's, um, points us to, to Christ, to the one who, um, who can ultimately bring fulfillment and identity. A lot changed when you added the last word identity. Um, I just thought of it because he was talking about self-esteem. And so it's um, a good word. Just because I was having a conversation with Renee in the office the other day about just like the things that different generations have fixated on. Mm -hmm. um, and we were looking at an evangelism track from probably 20 years ago. And it was asking like, are you a good person? And she was, I was just like, I don't, I don't get that. And she said at the time they were, people were really seeking, like they knew just morality was like on mm -hmm. their mind, just like a common moral code. But our generational thing is identity. And like we see um, people just searching for what their identity is mm -hmm. all, all over the place. It's like, the world epidemic right now of just yeah. people wanting to pinpoint and like, who am I? Yes. Yeah. And so it, I think that it is more prevalent mental health, going back to that mental health is prevalent right now because we're doing a good job in some ways of talking about it more. I think, I think it was, it's always been existing. It's so always been prevalent and I don't think was talked about as much um, formerly and it's being addressed more often these days. But then in that, um, I think sometimes so much so that a lot of people are almost placing an identity in it, in mm -hmm. having a mental health issue or whatever a better word is. But um, so at youth camp, just in hanging out with a group of eighth grade girls, it's all conversation that they talk about all mm -hmm. the time. And they pretty much all would place themselves in some form of a struggle with mental illness. Um, and so I think it's just something that people want to talk about, 
Mm-hmm. Um, but are trying to place their identity in instead of in the Lord's identity. Yeah. Um, and so that's why it becomes it, what the world is saying about it is different than as Christians, because I think I can talk about um, a struggle with mental illness as an aspect of my life, but not at all place that as my identity mm-hmm. um, or use that against like, I know that my identity is as a child of God. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's my thoughts. That was all really good. Yeah. I'm, I don't know if I can add anything to that. Um, re- restate your question. And then I want to, I might push it in a different direction. I don't, right. I don't know. I may not. You want to restate it or just, just, no, just say it again. Okay. Um, it is. Uh, do you think that uh, mental health is more prevalent nowadays? Mm. Is it around the same? Is it less? And why is that? <clears throat> Yeah, I I can go a couple different directions there um, with that. There, I don't know if I think that it is, but there is the view that it for sure is. Mm-hmm. The the statistic is, is that ninety percent of Americans believe that the country is facing a, a mental health crisis post COVID. Ninety percent of people believe that. Wow, which is that's for sure elevated. Yeah. Um, even if the statistic before was that one in five have an experience with mental health, that's only 20%. And now we're going 90% of people are looking around going mental health is an issue. Yeah. And that, that could be 100% true. I don't know if that statistic is let's, let's just assume that it is. And if, if that's the assumption, then why is it? And, and I don't know if I can prove this point or not, But if you go back to the generations before and go, what are the things that most affected those generations? A generation that's almost completely gone now, excuse me, is a silent generation. They would, they, they went through uh, World War II. They went through the Vietnam War. They went through JFK's assassination. Mm -hmm. Um, All of these are like really big. They got to see us land on the moon. Um, They got to see the iPhone invented. I mean, wow. The things that they went through like that, that generation is pretty unbelievable. I think mine, like I think of the things that happened in my lifetime, like internet became a thing since Mm -hmm. I was alive. I mean, I was, I was in school when they didn't have printers. Like wow. you couldn't print stuff off like that. <laughs> you understand, the, the dot matrix printer didn't happen until I was in junior high. And so like wow. Bailey's dumbfounded, like, like you just couldn't, you didn't print things, but the computer wasn't a thing. Everything was handwritten. Like you got to go to a computer lab in our school. We had one computer Man. and it was like, you get, had to sign up for a time to go sit on it. And it was the most ridiculously boring thing in the world because like, Hey, type in the number one plus one and watch what the computer does. <laughs> and it took two. like, it took like four minutes and then like a two popped up. Yeah. Like, it's got a brain. Um, that's, that's but, awesome. but they went through all of these tech kind of things. And then you go into the, the goofy baby boomers. Uh, thank you guys. They would, they went through a lot, some of the same things, but September 11th was the thing that, that mm-hmm. really rises up to them. That would be the same with Gen X. That's probably the same with millennials that September 11th was the thing that most affected their generation. Mm-hmm. So, so I, I'm like on the, I'm on the edge of Gen X and millennials. And I know like for the millennial generation, we were, a lot of us were in college or shortly around there. It was completely life-changing yeah. that led to the Afghan war. It led to so many other things, but so, so in my life, that was the most stressful thing. I didn't get World War II. I didn't get like those kind of things. Mm-hmm. So if COVID is that thing um, for this generation and it's pushed us, it, we're going to, we're going to put, and we're just going to assume 
that COVID had more of a mental impact than World War II. That's what we're saying. If it's 90% now and we've never seen this before, and if it's going up, yeah. then, then that's where it had more of an impact than what happened at 9-11 that led to these wars. Wow. If, if that's true, and, and I think that it can be, why is that? Because what did COVID do? Isolated us. Isolated everybody. Yeah. Forced isolation, except for an A&M where it's like, man, whatever. <laughs> um, we'll see, see y'all outside. Uh, but for a lot of the world, that's what yeah. it did. I mean, we, we went to Japan this summer. And in April, they lifted their COVID restrictions. Yeah. April of 2023. And so that's how much of an impact that it had mm. on people. And we would go, it isolated you into a space where the only voice that was coming in was the one that's on your head or the one that came through some sort of media, social, TV, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then your family. And, and thankfully, most of the time, well, for me, my family's like an ultimate hype beast for me. Like they love me and they build me up. And I think that should be the case for most people. But some, they just mm-hmm. dislike their family and it's even a darker space. And so it was comparison. It was, it was noise that often is not true um, and affects you in unbelievably powerful ways. And so I could, I could argue pretty clearly that, that, yeah, I think that we're probably at that space because we went through a season where that's all anybody walked through. Mm. Um, more powerful than wars and tragedy because what happened at 9-11 people flocked church attendance went up like 800 percent right after 9-11 people were running to something bigger and it brought community i mean people were together they were crying in the streets they were mourning they were they were doing all those things together then we fought a war that that does kind of bring people together under it i'm not i'm not pro-war in that space um but it does unite in, in unique ways that we use sports for now. Mm. Um, but that's what it does. But COVID didn't do that. What you got? There's all kinds of things. I've been on the edge of my seat because I I think you're talking about something really real, the, the isolation versus the community. Yeah. Um, and that's a lot of what, when I do remember that mental illness, like it is and can be a very spiritual thing. Um, because mental illness, often people wrestling with it run to isolation Mm. and that's literally what Elijah did, um, and go to be alone. Um, and Satan eats that up and loves it and wants us to be alone. And what we see in God's design and in God's picture is, is people, community, community driven faith and doing life with others and bringing like you talked about earlier, things to the light with each other. Um, and so I just, yeah, as soon as you're talking about COVID <laughs> and the isolation aspect, I was like, Satan had like a big playground at that time to just mm-hmm. work in people's minds um, because they weren't getting to like connect with others. Yeah. yeah. And so if mental illness is something that you're struggling with or someone around you is struggling with, then like huge reminder that we are called to bring it to community and to bring it to the light. Um, mm. Cause that's where we get to like contend and strive with our brothers and sisters um, through, through mental illness. It's mm. good. You jumped, jumped the gun right before I asked the question. That's great. Oh. Yeah. No, that was good. I, I was just going to ask if y'all have any uh, final encouragement. Um, Cause I know that last question was, people probably resonated with and are kind of in the spot of like, Oh gosh. Um, and so, um, 
we have a God of hope um, and one of, of joy. And so um, any sort of final encouragement for people um, that are walking through this one, but also maybe uh, they have a close friend or family member or um, anyone like that that's walking through um, any sort of mental health. Yeah, I, I, just to reiterate, be, if you aren't, no matter what, be near. If you're the one mm. struggling, be near to others. If you're not the one in that, be near to them. Um, look for signs of wanting for people wanting to be in isolation. Mm. Um, and it's not that rest and stillness and await time isn't allowed because those can be really rejuvenating too, but um, not letting it go too far with being alone. Um, well, I'm trying to decide if I want to bring this up into it, but my favorite artist right now, he's not a Christian singer. And so I'm not necessarily like encouraging him, but <laughs> bring a lot of this, but he sings a lot about mental illness. Mm -hmm. Um, and he sang a song last night at a concert called call your mom. And who's the artist, by the way, I'm Noah Kahn. Okay. I don't know. Noah Kahn. Um, John knows. <laughs> uh, called call your mom. And he addressed it to a friend he had lost, um, to suicide. And, um, just, in the song, he sings about, I'll drive to you. I will um, stay up with you. I will just like spend time with you um, or I'll call your mom. Like I, she, she needs to know um, or whoever that is in your life. But luckily for me, my mom is a safe place. But mm. um, having a friend step in and be like, I'm willing to call your mom. I'm willing to call your dad. Like um, whatever we need to do to like get your mind and heart like protected right now. Um, anyways, that's my good. Yeah. Uh, we, we put 127 on a lot of things. Um, and, and I think it fits into a lot of spaces. And, and one of the things that people that struggle with mental illness, like you need to, you need to understand and we need to loudly scream from the mountaintops. What Bailey's saying that you're, you're not alone in that space. And, and the standard to be in community at church is not perfection. The standard to be in community at church is not sinlessness. Uh, the standard to be in community at church is to, is to strive, is to long to, to, to know Jesus more and to reflect him into the spaces that he's put you. And so often we allow just our shortcomings, mental, physical, all of those things to, uh, to prevent us from jumping into that. And, and so you need to hear that that is not a standard that we put up in front of people. In fact, I would, I long for college students to contend and struggle with sin out loud because it is an encouragement to the believer and it is a hope to the unbeliever. And so like those spaces that you go, this is my, this is my story and I need help with it. I need to surround myself with people that are going to encourage me. I need to maybe get professional help in those spaces. All of those things are needed yeah. um, for their health. And we got to get past like a stigma that you got to be at a certain level in order to be loved by God. Cause you know, we said it up front, God has given you an unbelievably unique worth for some, some strange reason. Mm -hmm. um, I put that on me. Um, and he did not make a mistake. He created you in your mother's womb to do good works that he predestined before the foundations of the earth for you to walk in. And so his plan is so much bigger than, whatever this thing is that you're walking through and mental illness is a giant. Like I, like I get that for some people it it's small and it's, it nitpicks at you. And for some it's, it mm. consumes your life. 
but but you don't contend with those things in dark spaces. The enemy wins um, in that. And so we we bring them to the light. We're not going to put you on stage and be like, confess your sins, but we want to surround you and encourage you as you walk through that to be to be a support. That's good. I will I will leave y'all with uh, Psalm 34, um, starting in, in verse 17. Uh, when the righteous cry for help, and, and I'll let you know, you are declared righteous by by the Son of God, uh, by Christ's work. And so when, when, the, when the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord hears your cries. Um, and this is the sweet promise. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted, and he saves those crushed in spirit. So um, community, community horizontal, community vertical. Um, and yeah. The H and V. The H and V. Wow. That's pretty good. We had horizontal vertical. Put that on a shirt. <laughs> Come on. It's good. Any final concluding thoughts, Bailey? A little head that nod. That's great. I'm there looking forward go. to the next one. Go Marlins. Go Marlins. <laughs> All right. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs> Just go Marlins. <laughs> go Marlins. Oh, she's lost. It's okay. It's all right. Bye. <laughs>